Romans chapter 8. So why don't you go ahead and turn there. This is one of my favorite chapters uh, in the entire Bible is Romans chapter 8. I love this chapter very much. And I want us to uh, take a look at uh, what I would call our good, good father. On this Father's Day, I thought it would be appropriate for us to uh, see what the Bible has to say about God our Father and, and uh, what that relates to us here uh, this morning. So are you with me this morning? How are we doing? We doing good? Yeah? Okay. How about the rest of you? You doing all right? Okay. Good. So we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 15 and go to verse 17 today. And uh, if, if there's one thing that I have often seen is that sometimes uh, we will, uh, as I said last week, sometimes we may have a bit of a distorted view of God in our lives. We might have an incorrect perception of who God is and what he's all about. And the problem with that is the fact that oftentimes then when that is kind of the foundation of your whole faith journey, when that's the foundation of you trying to live for the Lord and get this thing right, then what often happens then is the fact that that will kind of taint the rest of our spiritual journey when our view of God is incorrect and when our view of Jesus is not really equal to what the Bible has to say. And so I think some, sometimes it's healthy for us to take a look again to see who God is and how that applies to us. And specifically today, I want to talk about our good good Father, God the Father today. Uh, if you're able to, would you stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word as we look at this together? We're in Romans chapter 8. We're going to start in verse 15 and go to verse 17. And uh, I believe I'm in the New Living Translation right now. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 15, starting there and going to verse 17. Here's what it says. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you've received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba, Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact... Together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we're to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So, Father God, you truly are good. We've sung about it. We've talked about it. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into your word and unpack this, Lord. And I just pray that you would make yourself real to us, no matter where we might be in our walk with you I ask you, Jesus, that you would speak to us today. And uh, Father, may your spirit begin to move in us to maybe uh, digest something spiritually that we haven't in quite some time, if ever. So have your way in our lives, I ask you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we ask this, and we all said amen. Amen. You may be seated. Our good, good Father, God. Now, Again, in this room, and those that are watching us online, and it seems that our online 
uh, impact seems to be growing. Uh, we thank the Lord for that. Uh, so for those of you who are uh, catching this message in whatever way that you choose to do so, I know that there would be a mixture of different relationships with an earthly father. Maybe, uh, maybe you grew up in the perfect home. Okay, maybe not. Uh, but maybe you grew up with the, uh, the, the, what the, the media calls the nuclear family, which I think is a funny name, by the way, for the perfect family, because nuclear seems kind of toxic to me, but I, that's besides the point. But, but you are, you're a product of that, and to you, I think that's fantastic. Then there's others of us, we might bring, we might bring a little baggage into, into play here. Maybe you're like me and you come from a broken home, mom remarried, uh, got married again, got married again. I mean, it was fun. I had more steps than some buildings, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you what. Those of you who have been through that know exactly what I mean by that. And, uh, and so that, that can be kind of strange. Maybe your father was kind of absent or, or not existent, whatever the case might be. What I don't want you to do, though, is try to apply maybe a negative circumstance with your earthly father and apply that towards your heavenly father. Because our good, good father, we sang about it earlier, all of his ways are perfect. And he, he's the standard. He's the standard. Guys, we're going to get it wrong sometimes, amen? I mean, we're, we're just not going to get it right sometimes. But God always gets it right, God always gets it right, and we have a very good, good Father. So what I thought would be appropriate for us today is uh, to identify the blessings that come with having God as our Father. You see, this whole spiritual journey that we are in, it's not just about having a landing place. It's not just about having heaven as our home. And don't get me wrong, that's wonderful. The alternative, not so good, amen? But, but that's not what this is just about. This is also about having a heavenly father who's very much engaged with our current lives now here on earth. And, and with that, and having this heavenly father who's engaged with me and cares about me and is concerned about me, there are some things that come with that, some blessings that come with that, that these three verses that we just read identify. And I want to share those with you here today because I think they'll bless you. Let me show you what they are. Number one, there's an assurance today. You, you, you have an assurance. You, you, you have a certainty today that comes with having God the Father. There's, there's a perk, if you will. Anybody ever have like a special perk that came from knowing somebody or having somebody as your relative? Maybe they got you good seats to a game. Uh, maybe they gave you access to the candy that, that Pastor Nicole was talking about earlier. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> I'm just ripping on her about the candy. But she was horrified when she saw that I put it in the Father's Day bags. But anyway, uh, you know, but may I tell you that with, with having God as your Father, there's, there, there's a, a perk, there's a blessing, there's a, an assurance. And I want to show you verse 15. It says this, 
So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. I just want to pause there. You have an assurance today that as the song says that we sang last week, we are no longer slaves to fear. We are children of God. This is where that verse comes from. We're not slaves to fear. We're not fearful slaves as God's child, having God as our father. That's not how we are meant to live. In fact, I'll go further. It is not your father's will for you to live with fear and anxiety all of your life. And I am not downplaying your fears. I am not downplaying your anxieties. But I want you to know that it is not God's best for you to wake up every day dreading the day. It is not God's plan for you to go about your day uh, so full of fear and so full of anxiety over what might happen. And isn't that interesting, by the way? The stuff that really gives us the most anxiety is often stuff that might happen. Stuff that we can't even control. Maybe stuff that ends up not happening. And oftentimes that gives us that fear and the anxiety. For you, it might, well, it could be so many things. And then there's having Father God who gives us this assuredness that says, Phil, you do not have to live every day of your life with anxiety. You don't have to live every day of your life full of fear over what could happen, what might happen, over what's happened in the past and it could repeat again. That's not how God designed it for you. That is not what God wants for you. Not one bit. You know, 1 John chapter 4, verse 18 tells us that there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. And so this morning, I want you to know that if you find your life governed by fear and anxiety, that's not God's best for you. I'm not suggesting you're in sin. What I'm suggesting is that you need to realize the blessing that comes from having God as your father because God wants to drive that out. So let's replace that fear and let's replace that anxiety with a confidence and an assuredness that God is still in control. Can you say amen to that? So first of all, the first blessing that we can identify as having God as our father is this assurance. Secondly, there is adoption. Adoption. Let's finish verse 15. It says this, instead, so you're no longer slaves to fear, instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. And now we call him Abba Father. Now, Abba is just not a nickname for, for God. Abba is a, it's a term of affection. It's a very affectionate term that we would give, that, that, that somebody would give to their father. It's a very personal, affectionate term. For example, sometimes my son will call me Pops. None of you are allowed to call me Pops. 
okay? That's our thing, okay? Why? Because he's my child. In fact, my wife and I adopted this child, literally. Okay. <laughs> he usually yells, what? And we like freak people out when we do that, which is, I know, it's, it's great, it's great. It's one of our best jokes. But we, had, we adopted him 23 years ago-ish, and the joys of my getting this verse in a personal way, knowing that God chose to make me, he didn't have to. He didn't have to. He chose to make me his child. We had a little catchphrase when Jonathan was little that Annette and I would rattle off to him and he would rattle it off to me. We'd say the greatest day in mommy and daddy's life was the day that we adopted you. And then he would look at us and say, when I adopted you. And, and, and we would kind of do this back and forth. And, but you know what? What a picture that became of how we chose God, but God chose us. See, you're adopted. If you know Christ, if God is your father, you're adopted. And you belong to God. And God has a purpose for you. There's not one accident in this room. I'm going to say it again. You might have been a surprise to some, but you're not an accident to God. You're not a statistic. You, you are his child. You have been created with a purpose. I've, I've shared this before. Did you know in, in Bible days when, when, uh, when somebody adopted a child, do you know that there was no way that that child could be disowned from the family? There were stipulations in the law where a child by birth could be disowned from the family, which is interesting. But if a child was adopted, legally adopted by a a mom and a dad, that was it. There was no way that that child could be disowned whatsoever. It was a legally binding agreement, no exceptions. May I tell you that you have been adopted by God the Father, and it is a spiritually Binding choice that God has made, and He will not leave you, He will not forsake you, He will not disown you. Even when you've not been at your best, you're still His child. Even when you've been less than faithful, you're still His child. Even though you don't get it right spiritually, you're still His child. We don't disown our kids every time they disobey us. Can you say amen? They're still our children. You may want to, but they're still our children. They're still our children. God sees you, and you're his child, and you're nothing but his child. The book of Ephesians, I, I, love, this. I love this scripture. God decided, in Ephesians chapter 1, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. 
And this is what he wanted to do. And it gave him great pleasure. God's not stuck with you. It gives him great joy to have you as his child. First of all, there's an assurance. Secondly, there's an adoption. Thirdly, the scripture tells us that there's an affirmation for each and every one of us here today. And I want you to pay really close attention to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. There, there's an affirmation, and it says this, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Just look at that. If you doubt that you're his child, look at that verse. But pastor, I've made some mistakes. Look at that verse. Pastor, I'm not really... I'm not really good at this being a Christian stuff. Look at that verse. His spirit joins with our spirit. And the purpose is to affirm that we are his children. And there is nothing you can do to change that. There is nothing anyone else can do to change that. God's love for you is greater than my mistakes. How many of you are happy for that today? (laughs) In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll go further. God's love is even greater than your doubts. Some of us, we haven't walked away from God, but we've doubted him from time to time. We, we dare not walk away because we know that there's going to be some eternal consequences to that if we willingly walk away from God. But, but then there's times where we, we kind of doubt him. Say, like, oh, okay, God, are you really everything that you say that you are? Okay, your word says you heal. I, I don't feel very good. The word says that you'll provide. Uh, I'm a little broke. The word says that you'll do this. The word says that you'll do that. I was taught this way, and Grandma said this about you, and, and now I'm just starting to have uh, my share of doubts, and, and, and God doesn't say, how dare you, in some deep, thunderous voice with lightning bolts. He can handle your doubts. God doesn't go, oh. it's not in the Bible. God's not blown away because you feel a certain way. You're, you're, you're his child. His spirit has joined your spirit to affirm to you once again that no matter who you are and no matter how good you are at this, you're, you're his child. You're his child. You may not be getting straight A's spiritually, but you're still his child. You might be sitting the bench spiritually, but you're, you know what? You're still his child. And God's got a purpose for you. And God wants to do some great things for you. And God wants to take you right from right where you're at right now. And he wants to just continue to bless you and move in you and do great things in you. John chapter 1, verse 12. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, 
he became the right, uh, he gave the right to become children of God. That's what he's given you. King James says he gave them the power to become the sons of God. I will tell you today that there's an affirmation that you're his child, and don't you dare let the enemy of your soul breathe anything in your mind to tell you otherwise. Then lastly today, there's an anticipation that we have, having God as our Father. There's different things that we anticipate in our families. Father's Day, typically in our house, it means eating a lot. Okay, that's every day, but, but uh, <laughs> I call that Monday. Uh, then oftentimes it has involved my son and I catching the latest superhero movie at the theater, watching it together. And then watching the U.S. Open final. For some of you, that's like watching paint dry. I get it. And so, boy, that's got my biggest amen of the day right there. Some of you are NASCAR fans. Really, I can't figure you out. Anyway, but that's us. For you with this day, your anticipation might be totally different, but you got something to look forward to. And, 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 we have something to look forward to having God as our Father. And I want to show you in verse 17 what that is. Since we're His children, we are His heirs. So we have an inheritance. How about that? In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of what? Of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we must also share His suffering. So what do we anticipate? We anticipate two things. I'm going to close with this here today. First of all, we anticipate his glory. This is not all there is. Earth is not all there is. In the future, one day, if we know Christ, we'll be with him. And there will be no more pain. And there will be no more <laughs> politics. No more taxes. There we go. Now we're getting the... No more calories. Come on. Hey. <laughs> we'll forever be with him. And if I could leave you with something very important today, it's to anticipate God's glory to have an eternal mindset because this is not all there is. Life is so short, but eternity is forever. And we can share in his glory. Galatians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 tells us because we're his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out. There it is again. Abba, Father. So we have an inheritance. So you're no longer a slave, but you're God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. So we anticipate God's glory. 
But then this verse ends with a reality check. We also anticipate his suffering. Yay! Woo! Thanks for ending on a good note, Pastor. We anticipate his suffering. Now, why can we anticipate that? For one, and Paul talks about this a lot, and and I don't have it on the screen. It just came to me of Philippians 3.10. Paul says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Paul counted it a great honor to suffer for the Lord. 21st century American Christianity is not about that. 21st century American Christianity says, make me as comfortable as possible until I go to heaven. Amen. And, and, and sometimes we find a verse like we just read where Paul doesn't, he doesn't pull any punches. What's he saying? He's saying, look, this relationship I'm telling you with this good, good father, it's great, but there's a cost. There's a cost. This is not a free coupon. This is not a gift card. There's a cost. Peter said this in his first letter. He said, instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering. Why? So that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Here's the deal. Sharing in his glory is combined with sharing in his sufferings. And when we understand that there is a cost to serving Jesus and having this relationship, that makes it all the more fulfilling. You see, here's what I've noticed. Been doing ministry for a while. Things that people get for free sometimes they don't really take care of. They may not even value. But when somebody understands the cost, they tend to value it more. I would throw the occasional golf club when it was one that I found in a bin at Value City for five bucks. usually threw it further than my ball, but I don't throw clubs anymore, by the way. God's, God's healed me of that. <laughs> I just whip them at my son. So anyway, but if I got a club that I know, well, this thing's kind of expensive. And then I hit that inevitable really bad shot over and over and over again. Okay, the flesh in me says, and then I stop. This club costs money. I ain't going to throw this. Why? Because I value it. The cost of this relationship with our good, good father is one thing, but the value is much better. The value is better. You ever make an investment in something? You paid X amount of money, but then the value increased 
There's a cost to saying, God, I want you to be my father. But the value is greater. It might cost you making some decisions that normally you would do this. Normally you would conduct yourself this way. Normally you would say these words. Normally you would go to this place. Normally you would engage in something that is sketchy. But then you give that up because the value of your relationship with God is way more than the cost of doing all this stuff that doesn't matter anyway. So I want to remind you today, Jonathan, if you can help me out, I, I, I want to remind you today that the value of your relationship with your good, good father, it, it's greater than any cost you'll ever have to pay. It's that valuable. It's that precious. This morning, if you know Jesus, you, you've got a very good father in God. A very good one. On this Father's Day, regardless of what your perspective is of an earthly father or an earthly father relationship, on this Father's Day, I want you to know that you, you have a heavenly father who assures you, assures you that you're his. In fact, he has gone as far as to adopt you into his family. And he constantly will affirm to you that you are his and he's yours. And he will give you this anticipation of knowing that one day you will share in his glory. And if there's a cost to this relationship where you might have to give something up and maybe change your ways or do something a little bit different, I promise you the value of this relationship is far greater than the cost. And that, that is good reason to celebrate having a very good, good father. Can you say amen? Will you stand with me? I want to pray for you today. And, and my, my prayer for you is that one of these blessings, maybe one of these blessings has been one that's kind of been shelved a little bit in your life. Maybe you've not understood everything that God the Father is to you. And maybe you just need to know that his love is greater than your mistakes. <laughs> and and, and his, uh, your standing in him is a lot more consistent than you think. Some of you think he stands up in heaven writing your name on a chalkboard and he can't wait to erase it. And, and that, that's just not your father. It's not him. And some of us, maybe we've been too afraid of what we might have to give up. I would hope today that you would understand that the value of having God as your father is much greater than any cost that would come to you. So I want to pray for you. And we're going to let you go and be on your way. And dads, make sure you grab your, your gift on the way out. But, but if you feel that you need to spend some time just talking to the Lord about one of these, would you do so before you leave? And I know a lot of us, we got plans going on, and, and that's fantastic. But if you need to talk to your father, do so today before you leave this place, would you? So Jesus, 
thank you for your word. And Father God, I specifically want to thank you for all the blessings that we have in you. The fact that you love us. You didn't just love us, but you adopted me into your family. You, you chose me. And Lord, I pray that even, even when I think that I'm somehow beyond that love, that you would affirm to me once again that you're my dad. You're, you're my Abba father. And Lord, may we know that someday we'll be with you, God. And until then, if we have to pay a price to serve you, God, I pray that we do it courageously, knowing that the value of serving you is greater than anything. So Father, I pray that you would go before all of us this week. And God, we celebrate our dads today. We pray that you would go before them, give them a day that they feel affirmed and loved in you. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Amen. If you need to linger in prayer,